Hey everybody, this is James Intracasso letting you know that we got some awesome audio from Wade Rocket. It is all of the Pelgrane Press panels from Gen Con, so check it out. We've got some good stuff going. This is a beginning that we are putting on top of all of them. Thank you so much to Wade and the people at Pelgrane for giving us this audio. All right, without further ado, here is the panel. Good morning, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to 13th Age Monster Design Workshop. We are going to have such a wonderful time together. Okay, now I'm done. No, with come voice. on, no, 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 no. You're going to do the whole yeah. thing in that voice now. But, but I'm going to introduce myself, and then yes. people will think that's what I'm okay, oh, oh, my, my name is, My name is Wade Rocket. <laughs> And I will be your host. <laughs> and I have come here with a panel full of monster-creating mad scientists. And together, we will create something spectacular. Please, noble ones, introduce yourselves. <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Lynn Hardy. And I am actually a former evil scientist. <coughs> Lynn left that life of biological crime <laughs> and became a, a, a... No, you're already a game writer. You just went full-time. I was, yes. Yes, I was moonlighting as a bio, biomedical researcher, yes. Well, once was a hobby, became a profession. Yes. So, excellent. Uh, my name is Rob Hainso, and uh, sitting to my right is... I'm Gareth Hammerham. I do book-shaped things. <laughs> <laughs> and wins lots of awards for writing amazing stuff. And uh, Gareth is, uh, Wade is pretending to be the undead monster. And today, after celebrations of last night, Gareth is just a slightly bit up undead. So <laughs> Gareth not, is the actual so undead monster at the table. So if you up to his usual, absolutely brilliant performance today, right. you're excused. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right. It's good. So Monster Design Workshop um, is... So far, we've done it a couple of Gen Cons, and it's really fun because what happens is, is that we start asking questions, or you do, and we pitch, we create a monster together. Um, I'm not going to go through the ones we've done uh, because that's the past, but I think they're probably both showing up in a future Pelgrane product. Um, one of them has been also on the web already and was one of the most, like, if anybody wants to do damage to Simon Rogers... <laughs> tell his son Roland about the existence of the Shadow Monkeys. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Just saying. Roland, with that monster in his, in his repertoire, will make his father's life hell. So, uh, um, there... Um, I have just actually done some work on the um, other monster that was created. Uh, it was called a uh, um, fire moth or something like that, a flame moth. Um, Volcano moth? Volcano moth. Yeah. I'm turning it into a salamander. Like, I like the idea of less of it being a moth and more of it being the actual fiery salamander spirits. And uh, it, it, it feels a little better that way, and it's been good. So that's going to be coming out soon. So what we create together today may um, go somewhere far. Um, I think the first thing, unless you guys jump in at any moment, because this is one of those times where I'm rolling, <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling initiative and I want to be interrupted, but I think what we should do is ask you guys I think we should. what type of monster you want to create today. And since you're in the audience and there's five of you, we can suspect that your votes will 
you know, that we'll actually have a winner. Do, um, do, we, do we have options to present to them? Yes. I think okay. we should, like, say, what I mean is, by type, um, we can start with the idea of, like, something like undead or uh, a spirit or um, uh, a god <laughs> or, uh, eh, who knows about the god, forget that, um, a demon or devil. Um, what other types do we find? Humanoids. Humanoid aberration. Slime. Strange hybrid. I don't want to do a slime. Construct. Strange hybrid. Yeah, construct. construct. So all those objects are available. We can and dragon. Oh, yeah, sure, dragon. Yeah. So we can talk it through for a second. This isn't. This isn't like a. All right, close your eyes, and then I'm going to name them out and raise your hands. But what would be the what? What are there monsters you need in your campaign that you're running now? Because that's one fun way to do it that you can think that you'd like to have, that you'd like to be able to bring home as a special present. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see a monster that's uh, associated with like the Iron Sea, like coming out of the Iron Sea, um, which is oh. all sorts of terrors. <laughs> Gar has actually proposed something that I can't name that it's going to be, that will have things such as, so that seems like a really good idea. So, so is this a kaiju, basically, that... Uh, well, that's to, one possibility. Yeah, come yeah. out of the sea. I mean, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, certainly, Gar, would you say that's the normal? That's the expectation? Well, I mean, presumably, there's going to be stuff living on them and sort of parasites and things. So you could do something Ooh, smaller yes. and... Yes, swarm things, yeah. That come off? Yeah, kind of come off, or when, when you're like, you know, when you climb into Godzilla's ear to stab his brain... What else is living there, yeah. Exactly, yes. What lives in the ears of Godzilla? So, and in that case, it would also be able to be used inland if it survived for a while. If it's small, could it be something that could... Attached to a behemoth because the yeah. behemoth route goes right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, is, that, mm. is that his life cycle? Oh. 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 oh, you mean sort of like it falls off when they're swimming across the straits and then. Attaches itself to a coral behemoth and yes. goes overland for the next part of its life. Yes, multi stage life cycle. Nice. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no! Silence. I'll fight you, Silence, fools. <laughs> we're, 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 we're doing possibly two monsters. Okay. It's. Um, getting back to the Pelican Press logo earlier, um, oh sex, sex, sexual dimorphism. You've got, you've got say, the male. <laughs> Pelican Press logo, which can represent either gender. <laughs> this message has not been brought to you by Pelican Press. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the male, which hangs on the Corobanamots, mm-hmm. and basically once a year comes back, and the female is a yeah. sessile form or something, doesn't move. And things happen, and for some reason... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, because you... Maybe I thought this through. No, but no, you could, you could, because you've got that whole thing where they are swimming in water, you've got water yeah. as the carrier for the, the semen, yeah, you've got your, your... Sorry, biologist here. Um, <laughs> you're going to get the technical terms. Um, you could have something maybe akin to a barnacle who's sessile, um, stationary, um, frondy things that catch the... The sexual fluids then birth the little babies who can go off and do goodness knows what exactly. and, and have yeah multi-contact life cycles and so things like that are great. What's the same with this? What's what's going on here is we've got a long way from the parasite. <laughs> <laughs> and you still, yeah, but you yeah. can have a parasitic form. Yeah. it's like malaria. But, you know, the, the, so because the they is, have multi-stage and multi sort of hi- little places that they hide and then come out and transmit to other creatures. We're, so we're sort of starting with the ecology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I, I hear you. So there are you. You're not thinking of this as an origin story for kaiju. 
No. No, I think maybe something living on the kaiju. The kaiju ought to be, I think, moving from IoT to core of Airmouth. Yeah, Come no, on, Pat, what we There's something going on. Right, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Did you come to the land for a reason? No. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I know, that's the thing. It's like, it's a little bit like there's oh, yeah, larger okay. implications here that are... You, you so You've got the regular form, which has attached to the core of behemoths, and basically that they go, every season they come around, there's another flood of these monsters. But there's a variant form that infests the kaiju, and when they come on land... You get these weirder, like you. Are you trying to hit everything we suggested at the start? Yeah. <laughs> Strange hobbies, <laughs> parasites, <laughs> big monsters. Perhaps these parasites, uh, like the uh, like the infamous uh, 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 thing that takes control of the brain of the ant and makes it climb up the stalk. So the oh, behemoths yeah. come around, and then the parasites living on the kaiju say, oh, hey, it's mating season. Kaiju, you are inexplicably drawn toward land, maybe to fight a Koro behemoth, and that's when we mate, is during this titanic battle. Oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the player characters just happen to be there. Yeah, that that no! Well... Well, no, no but maybe maybe somebody needs the bits harvesting. Maybe there's something in there that's that some evil, evil scientist, scientist. Is, <laughs> is trying to get hold of for his own mindless core of fanatics who he can control. Exactly. Exactly. If you control the parasites, you control the kaiju. What's that? Where the nomads could worship Sure. There's all sorts. Of once, you, once you've got like, things that affect the brain, that's fertile ground. But for cults and so forth, like you know, mm. if you if you go with the cordyceps thing, that's the fungus that infests ants' brains and makes them yeah. climb up, and basically the mushrooms grow from their heads, and they, that's horrible. Great. Um, you have this one thing that basically draws the uh, iron sea kaiju onto land. So it would be basically a, a cordyceps phase. It doesn't make you climb up things; it makes you go away from the water. Mm, yeah. yeah, develop hydrophobia. Exactly. Hard science, 30 page. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm about to say things that may not be... There's many ways to spin this. One of them is, I see the BMS as a force that cannot, is not, messed with. In the sense that no one's taking control of BMS themselves. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it just doesn't happen. It's like, feel free. Anybody who tries, there's like these long, you know, that's like well, the, the ballads. Oh, that guy tried, you know, something mm-hmm. terrible. But they can uh, hitch a ride on it. They can hitch a ride. Mm-hmm. And what's, I hear, let me, let, me, let me throw something out. So if you've got this parasite that's on kaiju that then gets free and is actually a freaking large monster, okay, really? it's a disturbingly large monster. And we want to leave some mystery about what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So one idea is that as long as it's in the world free, it's a freaking monster. But what it's trying to do is it's trying to reach a core of behemoth. And when it does, it just latches on and goes completely dormant. Mm-hmm. The core who carries it around, and somewhere out there in the magical mystery world beyond the border of the Dragon Empire that we don't know about, and that's where the Game Master gets yeah. to decide what happens, something happens. And when it comes back... It's a different creature. Well, let's put it this way. It hatches at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's a different monster. 
and come. And, yeah, and, 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 and yeah. that ties in with moths and butterflies and caterpillars. Yeah. You've got that whole yeah. metamorphosis yes. thing. And, and then to be, it returns the sea and spawns the next generation. And runs yeah. the sea and returns the next generation. So what you've got is this thing where it's like. I mean, in that, I'm trying to figure out how the player characters of intersect with it in a weird way. It's like, because the earlier thing you were talking about, about kaiju, well, no, BMF, it's like, well, that's possible, but... Yeah, how does it play kaiju? Presumably, it's a natural lifespan is swim out of the ocean, uh, at one point come to land, attach to a behemoth, yes. go off road, charge off in the magical grounds where it, where it gets there to turn into its like, you know, yeah. adult form, yeah. go back to the ocean. But behemoths are, I say... Proved vulnerable, they're not affected when when it invests them and uses them to hit you right north. But if it ha- if it attaches onto a kaiju instead of a behemoth, kaiju are smaller. That drives them mad. That's why they come out of the ocean. Like it's, <laughs> it's correct life cycle. This natural one is to go to behemoths who aren't affected by it. But if by some mischance it or by some evil pollution it uh-huh. infests a kaiju, something yeah. attached to other monsters like. Dragons, for instance? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like anything that's sufficiently big enough could have this mm. problem. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I mean... What, what size are we talking about for the... I mean, because behemoths are huge, but if it's a behemoth that has a nomad tribe on it, I would think someone is bound to notice. Is it something that would interact with humans and make them sick and that's what draws the adventurers over is that there's this tribe that's sick or how do they wow. how do you draw your party yeah. to this traveling well there could be I mean if you okay there's a couple there's a, a simple explanation that we don't have to use the simple explanation we don't have to use is that the Iron Sea freaking hates the land and is trying to kill it mm-hmm. and that this is one and that although the behemoths themselves are invulnerable, this is how the Iron Sea is learning to like spread some piece of itself through. And get through the yeah. wards? Yes. Mm. Yes. And so in that case, it's, it's more like the, you know... The in that case, you could, have, you could have it. It's not just once it's out of the Iron Sea, it could be shedding in any water that the, the behemoth comes across and spreading its influence. Right. And so then there would be, in that case, sort of a, a player care... Okay. It, to extend the, uh, like, let's, I mean, to me, it's interesting in a sense that once it's latched onto the behemoth, mm-hmm. it's in a way invulnerable. It's like at that stage, it's a bomb <laughs> waiting yeah. to go off. And you get the, the bomb squad, if possible, <laughs> running alongside, dealing with whatever. The adventures oh my. are the bomb squad. It, what, <laughs> yeah. The adventurers are the bomb squad, and they are sort of tracking alongside, and they don't, there's going to be whole hellish problems on the side of it. The behemoth doesn't care where it goes. God knows where it goes. And eventually the bomb's going to go off. So it's sort of like the player character, and who knows what the bomb's going to be when it hatches. You know, so there's that element of like, I mean, I don't know, that's possible. Mm. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost picturing, uh, if, I mean, and there are multiple ways that, the, that a party could encounter this monster. Um, while it's on land, having come out of the RNC, looking for a behemoth to attach to. Uh, after it is hatched and is making its way back to the Iron Sea with its payload of gathered magic, um, or, or 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 you know wreaking havoc along the way, or if it's just staying on land wreaking havoc on behalf of the Iron Sea, um, I'm also sort of picturing uh, the adventurers being on a Kuro behemoth and saying, "Hey, what's that big mound?" And it's like, "Oh, that is our sacred mound." 
and it's sort of a Mothra kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's not just a mount, it's not just a big like hill. It's a creature that is going to hatch. And then that brings your cult element back into it again. Yeah. I was thinking there, if there is some like magical spawning ground up north, the behemoth goes to charge the creature for the same life cycle. And presumably, this magical ground, given Behemoths go there and no one else does, is immensely dangerous. Yes. So the creature, Behemoths go up there carrying their, their load of like, attached creatures. Then they come back, and at some point on the way back, the creatures hatch, rah, swarm the ocean. But there's a gap. There's a period when the Behemoth has come out of the magic land, and these creatures are overcharged with magic, but are still haven't hatched into their uber form. Mm-hmm. And you, like, you, maybe that magic can be harvested. Like, you know, that's the time when, if you're brave enough, you can ride up alongside a Behemoth, cut off some of these eggs before they hatch, and break, sell them off the Archmage or like nothing could go wrong. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing could go wrong. Yeah. But you, the, 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 milk the, it. Sort of like, you know, the push your luck element there is like, you know, do you go close up to the, at the border of this like, you know, incredibly dangerous magic land? Go, yeah. Or do you, like, you know, wait a bit longer? Where it's safer, he's got to that bottom. But the eggs are closer and closer to hatching at that point. This is like, I mean, the weird thing is, this ecology here, this is feeling almost like a, um, you know, a push your luck uh, combination Euro Ameritrash board game. <laughs> <laughs> Role playing adventurers, like, okay, are you going to go into the danger? Li- where are you going to hit the eggs? You know, and then. Behemoths of Catan. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking another, another adventure hook. Um, Maybe the monster does not climb out of the Iron Sea and and make its way <clears throat> under the under the radar of the wards to find a Koro Behemoth. Maybe if you live along the coast, you are susceptible to getting this parasite, and suddenly one morning you wake up and just start walking off toward the path of the Koro Behemoths, and it's like, hey, where did where did you know this person go? Like, huh, track them down. It's like, oh, and they are like climbing up the side of a core behemoth where they then like vomit up eggs or something. <laughs> Even the whole, whole, like the whole tribe's living on the behemoth. Maybe like, some of them are basically <laughs> random poor fishermen who suddenly would go, oh, why am I here living on a giant moving giant monster? Is the, so, I, from a story element, you're absolutely right. That works fine. From a player character element, the question is how to make that particular story relevant to player characters mm-hmm. in the sense of like um, if it's a if it's possession that comes out of nowhere you game masters can tell stories like oh yeah then somebody you like was taken control of but that's not that's a story we you know we do a lot over the role playing world and it's like I like having some vector in a weird way that's more um, and also because it's the INC there's, there's yeah, less there, of there's a chance less of people that, living there, there. Like there's okay. less people like uh, let's say down by the seawall section, not not much. Right, people don't live, really live there much. Uh, it, although a campaign could decide otherwise, and we could mm. decide otherwise. Is this. okay? Is it is it more interesting if an infested uh, um, humanoid, because the parasite is interested in getting safely to a core behemoth, um, makes its host really powerful, powerful and yes. more aggressive especially if it's been gathering wild magic or if it's set up to do that okay so it's, the, I'm, I'm picturing the infested the monst- Terran from Starcraft so then the monster <laughs> the monster's name is Avatar of the Iron Sea Blessed of the Sea uh, uh, in you know uh, is that what it, and then we basically 
you know, we say, this is what it looks like when... I am the avatar of the island sea. <laughs> like, well, I thought you were the mayor of that city we visited <laughs> last year. No. Because <laughs> uh, in that case, you do have a monster-ish thing, and you have a recognized problem that people can be trying to look out for, and then the dis- and uh, it's probably not a hugely covert operation, usually. Yeah, in, in my head, Sorcerer's Possession, as you know, the illustrations of Sinbad with the old man the sea on his back, because he's an orangutan. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, or instead of orangutan, it's like, it's like a crab-like thing. Squatting oh, that's like, um, it's the Doctor Who ones with the, the spiders on their backs. Yeah, only like you. Yeah. Or, the, or head crabs from um, Half-Life. Yeah. Yes. Or bigger Brain idea. slugs from Futurama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, demon, I can't remember, for Dungeons and Dragons miniatures, yeah. So, in other words, you think you actually... Okay, I mean, let me think about that. Then, that is highly visible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... It could briefly happen to a player character. Yes. Could. Yes. Scuttles up your legs and I mean, you. you see, the player character aspect of it is really funny, too, because let's say if it is making you much, much, much more powerful, but it doesn't immediately necessarily yeah. control Do your you brain, want to keep? then the player character is like. That's where Pointy Wizard hats come from. Take out that. Yes, because it's drawn to magic. It's drawn to magic. Rather than being like an initial thing, too, you could also make it a consequence of if it's on the behemoth to start and they went to get it, they could become infected. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if, you, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you encounter it before it's charged up magic, yes, then it's, so uh, and it hasn't touched the behemoth yet, then go ooh. Ding piece of behemoth to attach to. Because <laughs> if it's defense behavior, when it falls off or yeah. it's taken off the core behemoth, is get back to the behemoth yeah. at all costs. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting because one of the funny things is that the behemoths have sort of been left open to like different you know, everybody's interpretations to go ahead and make their own. So when we do an ecology monster, that's ecology is like headed straight there. Then the game master gets to make a whole bunch of decisions about what that's going to be for them and um, what that's going to mean. So what you're saying right now is, yes, that would definitely that would definitely work. Um, and it, it sort of summons, I think this monster is not going to do all the work for the GM. You know, it's like this, this monster is more like a key to say, what are the decisions do you want to make? You know, and here's some lists of how they could work. So that's... So is it more interesting to people... Like so, instead of a monster, do we have a do we have a suite here? Well, at least two. Basically, the juvenile form and the adult form. And the juvenile form is the small, possessive one that goes onto the behemoth, and then the adult one is the hat with the hatches, charged with magic, and goes ah back to the ocean. Go, go, go. Do people survive the hatching? If you're, no, pro- I mean, if you're, no, probably me, man. Look, probably not. But well, I, I, I'm kind of seeing it more as. Um, more sort of like a a oh. symbiotic relationship to that to the point at which it gets the behemoth and then it just like falls off and scuttles up where it needs to go. And the, and the person may be freed. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so my one unique thing is that I'm... I mean, you can either have them freed or you can have them get uh, chest bursted. <laughs> yeah. I guess that depends on what kind of GM you are. But, I yeah. see, but the, the interesting aspect there is 
what if you become a junkie for having this thing on you? Because you like what it gives you in return for carrying it. That's the whole point of a symbiotic relationship, is both sides get something out of it. What if you have these poor people who are so desperate to get that power back that they actually... <laughs> they throw themselves the in the way, yeah. <laughs> Take yeah. my head, I'm sorry. <laughs> I... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, so, okay, so is this a um, juvenile form of the monster, an adult form of the monster, and a PC race? I like the juvenile form maybe being a whole bunch of small mooks. Yeah. And then one gets away, yeah, and you, then suddenly you have a big one. You, 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 you're a juvenile form. You got yeah. possess, possess, like you're, right. And juvenile form is, increases the chance yeah. that somebody mm-hmm. gets nailed. Juvenile form is mook that runs around. Okay. Another form, which is basically dude with this thing on his head. Yeah. Going, I'm off the behemoth with my giant head crab thing in my. <laughs> I am the avatar of the Iron Sea. And then the third form is when it's come back, charge around, going ah, kill. Yeah. Well, and also, oh. and also though. <laughs> Okay, see, I think you're totally right, but I also think there's another thing. The Corvo BMS aren't always necessarily there, mm-hmm. right? There's this unpredictable cycle. And it could easily be that you don't, the crab doesn't activate until the BMS within a certain, yeah. you know, it's not that you're like, there's, you don't find like, uh, like a dozen Soup crabs, like people like going, we've got to just follow the trail, <laughs> follow the trail. No, no, no. They're waiting until... And so then you might have, it's when you like a tribe, you might have this place where there are tribes who host hosts, you know, that mm. like this is their magical. This is oh, a, we good. are, you know, no, we, you know, like so we have three, we, we are blessed by three. <laughs> you know, and so like, and then when the BMF comes, that's when they, they make the yeah, charge. Yeah, because the BMF could be emitting pheromones, yeah. it could be emitting subsonics that sort of activate something. People could, could hear footsteps, yeah. like smashing, so, you know. Yeah. So, so until the, the behemoth comes around to, for the, for the, um, the monsters to what to finally like latch onto and begin, um, you know, cocooning or whatever they do. Um, until that time, then you have like more one power. or more powerful wizard shamans, whatever yeah. in your tribe, and yes. yeah, and in you your tribe see, you or, your gang, or your gang, or your gang, sort of. Do you know is the high druid going to like that because it's sort of it's, wild it's, magic? It's is that something that's all natural? <laughs> natural <laughs> does not mean good for you. It's all that. The circle of life. <laughs> you know, I think that's the way to go. I think this actually. That it would be this is this is this is perfectly okay with a hydroid. And the fact that the, the people who are who get this tend to suddenly start destroying cities. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe it's also like at the most vulnerable form for the life cycle. Yeah, exactly. They're traveling through the wildwood. Yeah. 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 Oh the tree crabs. And so then what you've got crabs, I mean yeah. what you okay. And then in this version of the story, the hydroid is absolutely against the giant Freaking the freaking monsters from the Iron Sea, most of them. Yeah. What you do is you make a distinction. The Hydruid is like, yes, Emperor, we will help you. You know, we're gonna keep those things out. And then, but somehow those ones, you know, the, the Imperial squad that's about to take these out, no, suddenly the Druids have wiped out the squad. You know, and the, those are through. You know, it's like so. The, now there's a little chess game of like, wait, something that could be interesting. Mm. Do people like the idea of the monster being? Because I, I'm okay with that. I'd love it. And it could be. I'm already sketching it. 
<laughs> You're already sketching it? Okay. Uh, okay, awesome. I was just thinking, so, what were the benefits, along with basically cool. uber stats and powers from having one of these things attached to you, is that the adult form is going to want to protect, like, the, the generation just after it. Like, because if you know, <coughs> charges off, magical power, comes back as adult form, and will then, like, you know, pass by the lands where there are guys with the crabs in their heads and go, like, you know, I'm going to protect you guys because you are my, like, you know, my nieces and nephews, effectively. Mm. Maybe, mm. maybe the, um, the head crab uh, stage of life may be an ability. This seems, uh, this seems unlikely, but, but I'm going to say it anyway. Maybe we reflect that mechanically, where if you're fighting one of the, uh, the intermediate stage head crab guys, that they have an ability to summon an, one of the adults. Oh, like a distress, a distress call. Yeah, kind yes. of. Yes, like uh, you're young, you're younger, in trouble. Help, help. Do you, do, would you make that an ability, or would you just say like you know, in the encounter with the like you know, here's the encounter shape of these guys. You have like you know, if you have three player characters, you have like you know, four juveniles, two ad- two head crab guys, and uh, for hard encounter, one adult form, or yeah. something ability. Rob, this is yeah, pure mechanics question. <laughs> You're gonna to have to repeat it. <laughs> My brain is. Would you have? Would you have? Like, in third day, would it make sense to have it as a summon more monsters ability, or just save the GM when building your encounter yeah. and, and balancing it? Include one or more adult form monsters, and have basically them turn up, like you know, uh, as like escalation two or something to represent summoning. Summoning is not summoning for monsters. You know, it's not necessarily that fun. So probably the fun, interesting ways to do these things are to create spurs to player characters to deal with situations quickly. So what you would probably... I would probably, like, figure out the monster math for saying if the escalation die hits three... More guys turn up. Or then and more guys turn up. And then what is the? How does that affect the map? The, the battle building map. Yeah. So basically, mm. instead of rating the big monster as one, it should be like your point seven five. That's right. There's a chance that you'd That's be able right. to. So basically, the, the, the GM gets to roll a save uh, every time after the escalation die hits three, and then and then the the thing hit, comes in. Now, I'm not positive. I buy the. I, I like. Okay. I like the idea that there's something natural of the process that would be going on, but the IRC is trying to take out the land. Yes. And that I can see, like, this tension for the High Druids people also, and I'm perfectly happy having the High Druids people be like, some of them are like, this is crazy, because what happens is everybody ends up dead. <laughs> you know? It's, uh, well, you it, know, the, uh, it, could, it could be, you could be sort of like, you know, the previ- previous iterations of the High Druid were all pro-aquatic avatar of the, R- of the RNC headcrabs. Current High Druid, not quite sure about the whole thing, Mm. But unwilling to basically sort of like stamp out her own followers completely. But if they're so different, have people figured out that the two are actually related oh, yet? That's interesting. Because they, yeah, there's a disconnect off the map. Yeah, yeah. They because they just connect. disappear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They I, seem like two completely different monsters. Yeah. I mean, they seem aquatic yeah. in nature somehow, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't necessarily okay. think that the caterpillar is a butterfly. Yeah. yeah. The hydrate. I mean, I think they've lost enough land too in this age where maybe it's to the point where she's desperate enough mm-hmm. to uh, go with something yeah. this crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and maybe that is a 
crazy rampaging sea monster. And so then basically set it up that the game master can choose for their mm-hmm. campaign right. what feels like the here's the here's the ecology, here's the mechanics, the moral compass and the ethics are up to you. Well, thinking of, thinking of icon good. options, That's also, good. I mean, we were talking about, I mean, you know, Gar talked about the, the pointy wizard hats, but if these are things that collect and can use magic. Um, I am wondering if in a previous age, or perhaps even during the time of the Wizard King, like they were rival magicians or allied magicians to the Wizard King. It's like, what was his relationship with them? Well, we, and we, so the Lich King might be, oh, those guys. We did say that the Wizard King is responsible for the Iron Sea hating. Land. Uh, you know, just like okay, yeah. Or maybe, maybe he enslaved them, persecuted, used them, caused the initial rivalry, m- uh, messed with their life cycle. So that these are these are all the questions that I think we ask. Yeah. that every game master gets then to answer. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like, but these are like yeah, you're totally right. These yeah. are the, the templates and how there's a lot of adventures already mm-hmm. written for Thirteenth Age that give the mechanics, like you said, and then say here's how this could fit with all the yeah. different icons. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even though your and even though your player in your game has just gone ahead and read this, mm-hmm. they're not gonna know what's in it. Yeah. Are they are they ally of the Hydruid, enemy of the Wizard King, etc. etc. You can uh, given that Drakenhal is right next to the sea, or very close to yes. mm-hmm. you've got the three. And I can imagine basically the blue harvesting the, the ocean. Oh, yeah. Passing them out to the black, who's like underground smuggling railroad of head crab guys. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, right. Ooh, yes. So they're not. It's not the assassin smoking hash. It's it's carrying little crabs around. Exactly. Yeah. You are blessed. <laughs> wow. Actually, there's sort of like two points of like double assassination. Like instead of killing someone, you stick one of the things on them, and they go, "Oh, I must go find a behemoth." Where is the king gone? He just oh walked to the castle that's, one day. Oh, that's, that's a sneaky way. Covert. That's really kind of good. It's like it's everybody. Like the blue and the black working together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everybody mm. thinks. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. I, I'm just about to repeat exactly what you said in different words, but I guess I don't have to do that. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Since I don't have my phone, what uh, how are we doing on time? Uh, it's we, coming up to twenty two. Yeah, we start starting okay. some bunch. Okay. Um, hello, welcome, newcomers. <laughs> We've uh, established that we're dealing with a. Uh, here, here, <laughs> to summarize. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> to summarize. <laughs> Thank you. I correct me if I get any of this wrong. There is a species of parasite who are like the blessed of the Iron Sea. At certain times of the year, these little crab things, possibly conical. And, and, and by the way, the little crab thing may not be right. It's just easy yeah. Yeah. to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the little parasite thing crawls out of the ocean, finds a host. That host then, with this creature attached to them in some way, makes its way to the Behemoth migration routes. The creature is, by the way, empowered. Yeah. Having yeah. this thing, the mook is not that strong, but once it's attached to somebody, that is somehow a channel of power. The empowered guy marches off to the Behemoth routes, at which point the parasite falls off and scuttles over to the Behemoth, attaches there. Behemoth continues, goes to some distant land of powerful magic, which where other creatures cannot survive. Parasite charges up into his, and hatches into his, or pupates, is this? Or? Pupates. Yeah. Into his <laughs> adult form. When the Behemoth come back around, the uh, pupae, pupae hatches, out comes this monster, monster goes, rah! Cuts Big bloody, monster. Big. Cuts Big. a bloody swathe across back the land, to the Iron back sea. to the Iron Sea, and the beautiful cycle begins again. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I love the fact that we had to use several different biological metaphors, but there we are. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it being a very big problem. Thankfully, I guess the migration route goes counterclockwise, right? Yeah. So it goes off, then it hatches. But if, it would get, if the, uh, the little ones were to get to the great gold worm and get him moving, um, thankfully, I guess the life cycle makes it so it's not very likely. But I can imagine, like... No, they will go around that no, way. No, they're coming. Because it's clockwise, isn't it? So when do they hatch and become the bigger thing? Uh, hold on a minute. My recollection is it's counterclockwise. Okay. Is it counterclockwise? I've been doing it the wrong way then. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's like <laughs> over here, up there, and then, okay. <laughs> up in the this north. Actually, I've always done clockwise too. Does it actually say? Yeah. Up in the north is where the, the magic happens. So then when it hits the map in the south, the gold worm is pretty close. Yes, it is. Right. So you, you're right. That's a, that is yeah. a. It's interesting you've always gone clockwise. Because yeah. yeah. so do I. <laughs> I, okay, so well, so there, wait a minute. So you there guys are, are on the other side of the, you know, yeah, the equator. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. On the other side of the earth, it, uh, they go a different direction. That's yeah. right. They do. <laughs> um, the Coriolis force as applied to Burma. So it sounds as if. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so it sounds as if there are many opportunities to interact with different icons oh, yeah. along the way. As well, the Orc Lord. You've got this stage Ooh. where basically these creatures attach to you, they boost you up. They want to get the Belmonts. Oh, yeah. But the Orcrug's going, no, no, no. no this people. is a combat drug. This is yeah. a combat drug. Yeah. 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 Cage that thing. Cage that thing. Before battle. Bra- crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. <gasps> okay, okay, okay. You know okay. what's going to happen is this is going to, this is too big to be handled in a, in a web article thing. <laughs> when we do it, it's going to be in a book of monsters. Yeah. Or an adventure. Or an adventure, or one or the other, because there's just too much going on, and there's too many different options that are fun. So yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so so mm-hmm. we're talking about um, bits where it passes through various icons' territory, and thus providing different kinds of adventure hooks based on what each icon might want from that, or how it might interact mm-hmm. with it. If it's passing, if the route, which I don't, I'm not completely clear on in my mind. Passes through most or all of the icons' territories. Is You're it by? Is it siphoning the power of the icons? Never. So when, impossible. The icons are all. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so when so when it reaches adult stage, it's like orc mode, magic mode. Oh, you know, like it has all sorts of iconic powers. Yeah, because the monster's not hard enough to design yet. Well, think, think you <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's kind of why I, like, bit my finger when I thought of this. It's like, oh, gosh, what? Think about it. It's wow. one, one form of it is going to some sort of magic absorption ability, which basically be, yes. you know, it's no, natural thing is to go to this land of magic up north, Belmont, and suck in magic. Isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's the most straightforward. But there will be an ability which is absorb spells with a chance of resisting. And you could have a little sidebar of like, you know, subspecies. If this one has happened to absorb lots and lots of magic from the icons, instead of going to the spawning ground north, it could be basically an orky themed one or archmage themed one. Oh boy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, out of curiosity. <laughs> you broke a rod. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, stop those player characters. <laughs> yeah. We all, it's a campaign. <laughs> we all have a common interest. How did we get the party together? <laughs> you all meet back to bed. Exactly. <laughs> you all meet. We're off. You all meet the bed, 
We're off to find the Koru. <laughs> well, for, oh, so, so, so for those of you who weren't in the, uh, was it the uh, adventure design um, uh, workshop, uh, Gar's idea to keep the party together was if you split up, you bleed to death. <laughs> so I think we're seeing a trend here. <laughs> now you have just very, this parasite crab on you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, do we want to talk numbers at some point, given the time? Yeah, we should. What does it do? Yeah, what, 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 what tier is it? Is it adventure tier, champion tier, epic tier? I think it's much more interesting if it's at least champion. Okay. Because um, being, you want it to be able to take over normal people without a sweat. If it comes from the Iron Sea, it needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be tough, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're talking like your low level, or like your low champion mook and. Possessed. What, what, what's the best way for what's the best term for the intermediate form where you're you got a host host form? Okay, so host so carrier, lar- lar- larval host carrier, and adult as three forms. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think that it should be uh, cuckoo. <laughs> the cuckoo. Cocoon. Was that? Did, was there an end on the end of that? Of cuckoo. Cocoon and cuckoo. And koru. And koru. Cocoon. The Kuruku. Oh, okay. (laughs) Kurukun Avatar of the Iron Sea. Uh, (laughs) You're breaking. I'm breaking. No. (laughs) I think the host is an avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's. (laughs) I just took you across the street, like, that's closer to Cthulhu. Bad girl, stop it. It's not trees, it's and then we always get back here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, book form needs to be able to possess clear characters. Well, let's or, talk about that for yeah. a quick second. Um, if one player character in the group... Okay, the first thing you don't want is you don't want player... I mean, I'm going to say it. Ordinarily, you don't want player characters saying, please, please, grab my head. Um, <laughs> you know, you just don't. Uh, However, if one does, then there's probably mechanics in it for um, having control. I think it might be a degradation degradation Mm. situation Mm -hmm. where it's like every battle you're fighting, there's an increasing chance that you're gone into it. Mm. And so that you can, that becomes the push your luck mechanic. Well, so that you know, well, I'm pretty safe the first battle. Second battle, uh, third battle, uh, fourth battle, problem. So something like that. Thank so you good, can thank goodness I'm a half of my <laughs> number time by one. So it sounds like something the I don't know, I, and I don't want to step on the intellect of armor either. Possession I, wise. Well, at some point, like in that degradation, don't, don't you get to like your eighth encounter and your immediate response is leave? I just need to get to the behemoth. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'll leave my friends behind. I don't care. I need to go there. Well, you know, it, it's partly a weird thing where we might, honestly, if I, okay, really, the really, the real way I would present this monster in a book is I would, it would have a, a discussion of character death because the question is, how do you, how do you and your campaign feel about a character being removed by some magical effect? If you can handle it, and if your group can handle it, and you want that as a risk, this is a possible way to lose a player character, gain a great story, 
But if they reach the BMF, remember, they do come back. They yeah. do come back. So there's that. Yeah, so I'm just talking. I was figuring this out. They're not just there. You're going to have. It's not going to be an immediate thing. Something like you, you, encounter, you fight a larva thing and encounter one, and by encounter three, you're gone. It's going to be a, a, at least a game session. So the GM player can go, okay, your character does play this thing. Do you want to play a temporary character for a few weeks and you can staff that up and we just I can work into the game next week as opposed to oh I have to leave now in the middle of adventure which is hellish and then and then you know the the, the GM is going to have an incredibly odd thing going which is to say uh, here is the mon- hey everyone we're going to do the montage of what happened to Gar's character as it cut its way to the being, you know, and the, the trail of horror and desperation, or you know, I don't know. That's a, it's a, it's a little bit of horror movie. Hmm. So, um, could you use though, like, priestess to come in to somehow extract it? Yeah. Without oh. you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think that the so that's the thing. I would rather have it that the consequences of being fully possessed and having things go are pretty bad for player characters, mm-hmm. and that missions like that of let's save our friend mm-hmm. is the yeah. real way you want to play. I'd rather have that uh, by far. It's um, totally it's like your know, hospice in Santa Cora, where like you know <laughs> clerics and so forth carefully like you know, tend to those affected by this thing and remove the parasites from the combination like magic and alchemy and so forth. Then put these like. When I just put the parasites to sleep, I put these big tanks, and you've got a heist thing there where someone like you know, wants to break into the hospice to steal yeah, all the crab things. Among the things in the cathedral. Yeah. Separated iron sea crabs. Okay, so as a player character, you do. We're not going to finish this. That <laughs> yeah. So okay. <laughs> I have a standing question though. Do you want to be able to fight the thing that's coming when it when it's a magical being of superpower? Do you want to be able to fight it on its way back to MC? I'm seeing a big nod of a head. Yeah. Okay. So it, possibly in like you know, a level or two's time because it'll take. Oh you no! It should be. Oh, yeah, yeah. It should be many levels. It should be epic. I mean, the creature coming back is like epic, yeah. it's an epic creature. So you can fight the mooks. You can fight the uh, the host form with its with its powers, and you can and, fight yeah. the adult monster as it. You Next year, when that behemoth returns, when, when you are the level of the creature that is like dealing with the the possessed people, when you're in that level, fighting dealing with the epic monster coming back. Is a is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're good luck. You know, you might be able to do it, but it, it really, but you have to really work at it. So, so yeah, I think so. So that I mean, just in terms of monster design, the weird, the great part is this monster design is so rich in everything else, right? This isn't just a monster. This is a it's a way of life. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What big bad abilities would the monster have in the level form? Uh, I think, I hate to say it, but, no, I mean, I, I think that it's more interesting if they're variable. Mm-hmm. And Wade mentioned the, the which Second, icons have yeah. been pulled Second. from. Yeah. Well, one thing it really needs to do is be able to go fast, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's racing back to the IMC. It could be fast. It could also be lumbering but hard to kill. Yep. 
I, I, I like to think this is a sort of frantic scuttling thing that goes on our way mm. out like cleaves that were just straight line across the land and anything in its way is going to get oh, that's so one fun yeah. especially because it's been going on this big lumbering thing for a while that yeah. catches and it just takes off yeah yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not moving at the same speed yes, yes. you're right the Koru's like in the background and then you have this like if you look at a if you, if you, if you had a satellite image you'd have this here's the Koru trail and then every once in a while there's these lines yeah <laughs> devastation part way yeah. or all the way to the Iron Sea oh, that'd, be, that'd be a great like you know, you're exploring the landscape you find like you know this, this strange like track you follow the track and there's a bit of it's been like you know almost completely destroyed but there are a few houses on the on either side yeah. that haven't <laughs> been touched because like you know it's like a tornado came through or something. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened here? We don't know. You can see specific parts of the old wall that collapsed oh, because yeah. of these creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or putting a whole thing with cartoon holes in the wall. <laughs> and I think that part of it is going to be the information gathering thing. Like, you'll have player characters and people who want to know, is there any possible... You know, once you've, once you've dealt with the, the low-level situation. Say you manage to deal with it successfully. The next problems come up with, well, now that you know they really exist, now that you know what's going on, is there one that's going, uh, you know, about to hatch in a place you really don't want it to hatch and, like, are you going to need to track the Koru that way? That's, that's possible. You could have another adventure <laughs> where basically you've got, like, you know, um, again, the Orc Lord or some other villain. You want to take out um, what you call it, Merchant City, Glitterhagen, or any place there. Because creatures don't normally hatch like, further the south, isn't it? Well, they don't have to. Yeah. You basically, you, you uh, this city guy who's planning to like, dump a big load of magic energy on a bell as it goes past to fast trigger the hatching. So you have this like, you know, swarm of yellow form running through the city towards the United Sea instead of the... Um, Weapon of mass destruction. Exactly. So are we, looking at, are we looking at the epic form just basically being um, a gigantic, fast-moving brick privy that demolishes <laughs> everything in its path? Or is it going to have anything super fun, whizzy? Is it using that magic for anything? It's going to use the magic for something. I mean, I feel like it's just so much more interesting. Mm. You know, we, we brute monsters that's, that crash are... You know, we can always do those. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to give game masters something they haven't seen before. So yeah. um, uh, like a like a shield teleport, maybe. Like you hit it and it's gone. Like, like wait, it's over there. Run. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I think that there's an element of God. The Tarask. I don't know. That's not that. I mean, the Tarask is you know it's a big giant beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the this monster. I like it to be unpredictable. I, I, I think that the great part is we've, we've, we've established the, the, the early ecology really, really well. The final monster form, I don't think we have like a handle on what exactly it is. Subtle, Ken. <laughs> hey, it, it's, it's clanky. Oh, I have a question. <laughs> yes, Ken? How do you design a um, uh, Big Trouble Little China card game and not have a six-demon bag in it? Um, <laughs> Failure. <laughs> I mean, Expansion pack. Uh, I don't think. That, yeah, yeah. I know. You know. So, quick question. Did, did they? This, I, I assume just that question after the seminar. A <laughs> different seminar. We have monsters to design here. Yeah. This press conference is over. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
It's going to have to be in a couple of minutes. Yeah, we are coming. <laughs> okay. To... All right. So cool. anyway, the giant monster when it comes back, um, the one thing it can always have is a six demon bag. <laughs> it <reaches> in, <laughs> pulls it out. This is for Egg Gen. <laughs> yeah. We don't. So we're. It seems like we're kind of looking at. Um, I'm almost picturing how. Um, I think the there's some creatures like the, the Zagahan sorcerers, they have potions you can pull out by a roll of a D6, and it's like, if you roll a one, they get this magic, random magic ability or support. Yeah, yeah. so it's sort of like radiating magic. Could it be doing something like magically salting the earth? So it's just like, as it's going, it's, it's sort of like releasing the wild magic that's tainting the areas, because that's going to destroy the land and people's ability to be on it. Well, that definitely means the Hydruid's not so happy with it. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, that would but that would be okay. That's yeah. an excellent point. I mean, if, 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 if we, you know, we keep reminding ourselves the Iron Sea hates the land and wants to yeah. destroy it, so there should be an opportunity for it to do a lot yeah. of damage. That's right. The trail it leaves magically filled with brackish, tainted water. Yeah. It's, a, it's a carving canals across the landscape. Oh, that oh, eventually so are meant... Oh, inroads, yes. So the Iron Sea eventually manages... Iron Sea ambassadors. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Iron Sea Canal. <laughs> the monsters will be emerging. Oh, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty disgusting. Like, like in its dull form, like great gouging plates to like rip up the earth. Mm-hmm. See, what has occurred to me, there are there are mechanics in the 13th Age of Glorantha book for the dragon snail and the walk tapas and, and the crimson bat and all these giant, really weird creatures. So I've just been doing freaking nasty creatures and I all of a sudden thinking yeah some of those mechanics are actually going to work for this too in a weird way I think it could yeah I could see it but um, this has been incredibly fun it's not (laughs) what any of us expected we don't have a monster we have a monstrous ecosystem (laughs) and that's great this is going to be really fun so I think I got the name of all five of the folks who contributed the most uh, Bree, thank you for videography, and um, we. This has been great. Thanks very much. Thank and, you very yeah, much. Thank you. Thank you.